1: Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. We're back again for another episode. And this week, I want to talk about why people doubt real estate investing. And more specifically, why spouses, one spouse doesn't want to get together, get involved in real estate investing when the other one does, and how to deal with that. That's what I'm going to cover in today's episode. And this was inspired by somebody that just recently joined the Cashflow Guys community. See, I keep telling you guys to join it. Nobody does. No, I'm just kidding you. you got lots of people in there. Uh, been kind of quiet lately in there. I'll I'll admit I've been focused on the Mastermind. Uh, They get my undivided attention during this this period, which, speaking of which, the Mastermind, the next class will be opening up here soon. I'm going to be opening up registration in the next week or so, next two weeks, and uh, my next episode will probably have that uh, registration information in there. So also make sure that you are registered. Make sure you you get on the waiting list. Go to cashflowguys.com forward slash MMM to get on the waiting list. That way, when I open the doors, you can get notified. So that said, uh, if you want to join the Facebook group first off, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash group, cashflowguys.com forward slash group. So Rachel asked the question today, what would you experts do if you wanted to get involved in real estate investing but your spouse is against it? What would you do? And that's a great question. And what's ironic is it comes up a lot, and I don't, can't believe I haven't covered that in all these episodes, but I actually... Went back and looked, and lo and behold, I had not yet covered that topic. That was surprising. Anyway, what would I do? What would I do? Well, here's the thing: I find that when people are set on not doing something, there's for whatever reason they just decide that there's just no way I'm not doing this. This is garbage. There's a reason for that. There's a core. Something has put that there. That feeling. It just they just didn't wake up one day and going, you know what's going to happen? What's going to happen is I'm not going to invest in blue houses today. That's not how things go. Usually there's a trigger. Either it's something that they've experienced themselves or they've had somebody el- somebody else's experience. Maybe it's a learned behavior. Not sure what that is. A lot of it comes down to people identify real estate investing as a risky. You know, the gurus don't help that. And the people out there flipping houses, this is why I'm dead against house flipping because There's so many horror stories of things that go wrong with flipping houses. People think that's real estate investing, which it is not real estate investing. That's real estate speculating. Real estate investing is when you invest money into a property and you hold it for a long term. Therefore, an investor, not a speculator. There's a big difference there, okay? So let's be clear. Wholesalers, you're not investors, so stop saying you are. Flippers, you're not investors, stop saying you are. The only way you're an investor is if you're a buy-and-hold buy-and-hold investor. Period, or landlord. So that said, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but I want to, I wanted to cover that real quick. Let's talk about how do we get hubby on board. And somebody, one of the comments said, "You can." They used the word "convince," and I will tell you right off, I'm not a big fan of the word "convince" by any means. Um, I believe that I don't believe you can convince anybody to do anything. I believe that people are going to make up their mind on how things should be. Uh, How things are going to go, and they set their own boundaries. And if we try to convince them, strong earn them, talk them into, pitch them, whatever, it's not going to work. We've got to get that person on board making it their own idea. Because if it's their idea, it'll be a good idea. If it's your idea, well, let's just go ahead and scrutinize a little bit. And I hate to say that, ladies and gentlemen, talking about a husband and a wife, but then again, I say what comes to my mind. That's why a lot of you listen to the show because there's no fluff, there's no bullshit. So I, I'll spare you the the aggravation or the 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 time of wasting your time by blowing smoke up your skirt. The reality of it is, people are scared. And in this case, maybe it's fear of loss, losing money. Okay, let's just assume it's fear of losing money. Okay, I cheated a little bit. I went back and looked at the post, and and she actually said fear of losing money. So that said, okay, let's. Let's look at this. Let's chop this up a little bit. Fear of losing money. So I see the people that say this the most are the people that are broke, to be honest with you. Uh, People that don't have anything to lose in the first place are usually the ones that fear losing money the most. That's a mindset problem. That tells me in most cases, and I may be completely wrong here, but that tells me that there's not an abundance of resources. You see, the rich, the wealthy, they don't think about losing money. That allows them, that process allows them to be a little more aggressive in their investing, therefore more profitable. If you want something low risk and safe, buy U.S. savings bonds, I guess, right? What do they yield? Uh, like 1% per year or something? Or I don't even know what they yield. I haven't paid attention in years. My point is everything comes with risk. Putting your money in, the sa- in a savings account and letting it sit there is in fact risky because the dollar is declining every day. But all of that's not going to help Rachel. What's going to help Rachel is realizing that Rachel has to figure out a way to help her husband get on board and get educated. Okay. Now, I noticed that my first advice and my usual advice is read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Have hubby read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Well, hubby already read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Apparently, it still didn't sink in. Maybe the concepts in Rich Dad, Poor Dad sunk in. And if so, good. Fantastic. If he's on board with the idea that he needs to get his money working for him instead of him working for his money, that itself is huge. So pat yourself and him on the back for that, uh, that he's figured that part out. Now, as far as the actual thing that you invest in the exit strategy, hey, I'll be honest with you, real estate investing is not for everybody. Um, uh, It's a lot of work getting started. It has its challenges, but at the end of the day, it's simple, okay? It's not rocket science. It's ridiculously simple, and I think that's part of why people tend to uh, be nervous about it because it seems too good to be true. What, I just buy a house and sit on it, and it just gives me money forever? Got to be more than that. And that's usually when someone will say, I don't like tenants, toilets, and termites. Oh, tenants, first of all, okay, so here's the thing. Tenants, hire a property manager. Termites, hire a termite uh, exterminator. Toilets. There's a thing called a plumber, okay? I don't touch any toilets, including the one in my own apartment ever, except for with my butt when I'm sitting down. Otherwise, I don't, I don't even clean the toilets. I have a cleaning lady that cleans the toilets. My wife doesn't clean the toilets. We have a cleaning lady that comes and cleans the toilets for that very reason. These are things that we don't do. And if you're going to be a landlord, you shouldn't be doing them either. You should not be dealing with tenants, toilets, and termites. If you are, you're not doing it right. So if you're listening to this episode, and you're out there scrubbing toilets or dealing with termite issues or dealing with some cranky tenant, you're doing it wrong. So stop doing that. Hire a property manager. Okay, Hire a property manager. It's, they, it's their job to deal with all this grief. It's your job to collect checks and deposit them. The end. And go buy more property. That's your job. Okay. Everything else can be handled by somebody else, and thou shalt not worry about that. So let's just put that part behind us. Don't want to hear toilets, tenants, and termites anymore. Okay, so moving on, fear of loss. Well, what do you have to lose? First of all, let's look at the stock market. With the stock market to earn a return, let's say if you want to make a a return on, you get $20,000, okay? You get $20,000, you're going to play the stock market. Well, to buy $20,000 worth of stocks, most people need $20,000 in cash to be able to buy those stocks. I suppose you could swipe a credit card. But my point is you have to collateralize the investment a hundred percent. And I know there's margin buys and this, that, and the other for all you engineer nerds out there. But I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking about basic stock investing. You want to go buy twenty thousand dollars worth of GE, your stockbroker is gonna have his handout looking for twenty thousand dollars. And realistically, twenty grand isn't gonna get you twenty grand in GE because you've got to pay a broker to make the buy for you. Right? So you're going to wind up with, I don't know, 19000 in GE. I don't know what the fees are these days. I don't even pay attention. It doesn't matter because I'm not in the stock market. Except for my one share of Apple. Someday I'm going to be wealthy. I can't wait. This one share is going to make me a gazillionaire. <laughs> Realistically, last time I checked it, it was up pretty good. I think it was up 70 bucks on a $100 purchase, so yay. Anyway, my point is, you can go put your money in Wall Street, Twenty dollars to get a return on twenty dollars You got to put twenty dollars up. So let's say you take the same twenty dollars and you go buy a house. Well, now your return is based on, your appreciation is based on $100,000, not $20,000. So, hubby, if you're listening to this, don't be silly. That's basic math. Would you rather have your appreciation based on $100,000 or $20,000? Huh but I'm still afraid of losing money. Okay, I want you to tell me specifically what will take place for you to lose money. I want you to outline that. What things will happen that will cause you to lose money as a buy and hold investor? Let's think here. Let's think out loud. Oh, I know. The market could crash. Okay, so as a buy and hold investor, you've got a tenant there that's paying rent every month. When the market crashes, is the tenant going to stop paying their rent? No. But I heard on YouTube that, well, it didn't happen last time. So what makes you think it's going to happen this time? The one thing we know we all can agree on is that the market's probably going to crash again, as will the stock market, right? So that said, we already know that it's going to happen. It's a given, okay? So buck up, you know, buck up, little camper. Prepare for it. How do you prepare? As a buy and hold investor, how you prepare for a market downturn is, ready for this? Get out your notepads, pull over your cars. I'm going to give you the secret to riding out a a real estate crash. You guys ready? Okay, here we go. When the market crashes, do nothing. That's right. Do nothing. Don't do a darn thing. Don't sell. Don't run for the hills. Don't refinance. Don't cry like a little girl. Just do nothing. Absolutely nothing. Except cash your rent checks. Because that's your job. You're a landlord. Cash your rent checks. Like a good good boy or girl. That's what your job is. Just cash the rent checks. Now, is that hard? But Tyler, I don't, Tyler, nothing. Cash your checks. Behave yourself. But I could lose money because an airplane could crash on the property. Well, you got insurance for that. What if the tenants move out? You've got, you can buy insurance for that too. There's pretty much nothing that could go wrong in real estate that can't be covered by insurance in the most cases. So keep that in mind. What you fear, the fear of loss, at the end of the day when you process it this way, I will write out, take a legal pad, write it out. I will lose money, and say it this way. I will lose money in real estate blank and then write it out. And as you write it out, you will start to realize how ridiculous that sounds. I will lose money when the market crashes. And then I want you to write out how specifically that will happen. I will lose money when the market crashes because I will sell my house. I will sell the property when the market's down. Then ask yourself, why will I sell the property when the market's down? So that I can prove Tyler wrong. Oh, good. And why does that make you feel special, Johnny? Just kidding. Not really. My point is, if you're a buy and hold investor, you can't lose money, guys. And here's how. You, you, you use good, realistically priced financing that's long-term, which means no balloon payments, no hard money loans for rental property, none of that stupid stuff. You're just going to keep it simple. And heavens to Betsy, if you have to, go to the bank and get a 4% interest rate loan like they're giving out right now. 30 years if you can get it. Right? No balloon payments. You can negotiate your closing costs. You're not going to lose money. So back to Rachel. Rachel, that Tyler, this is all great. I know all this. But that's not going to get my husband on board. Well, first of all, get your husband listening to this show. Hell, give him this episode. Rachel's husband, how you doing? My name's Tyler. Now, listen up, because this is for you. If you don't do something to get yourself and your family financially free, you eventually will wind up broke and standing at Walmart greeting people in retirement. I don't care how good of a job you have. I don't care how well invested you are in your 401k or the stock market. You are about to suffer a major financial loss in coming years if you don't take immediate action to do what's right, to protect your family's future. It is your responsibility, sir, to get on board with passive income. I don't care what you do for a living. There is no money sweeter than money that is taxed at the lowest rate allowed by law. There is nothing that you do for a living that will be able to afford you the same luxuries that simple, old, boring real estate investing will do for you. I want to say again to Rachel, Rachel, it's not your job to convince him, first of all. And I appreciate you doing the time to, to taking the time to get him on board because you're looking out for yourself and the best betterment of your family. But he has to come to his own realizations. How you do that, the easiest way to do that is through education. Now, in this case, I know that he's already read Rich Dad Poor Dad. That's cool. How about Cash Flow Quadrant? How about uh, how to let's see? I can't think of it now, it just escaped me. Tom Wheelwright, oh, Tax-Free Wealth from Tom Wheelwright. Great book. One of the Rich Dad Advisors called Tax-Free Wealth from Tom Wheelwright. Another one is uh, What Your CPA Isn't Telling You. That's from Mark Kohler, K-O-H-L-E-R, Mark Kohler. What Your CPA Isn't Telling You. Both great books that help any person, I don't care what you do for a living, real estate investor or not, understand way legal ways to reduce your tax liability. Next time you're at the dinner table, pull out your W-2s, pull out your last year's tax returns and see how much total tax was paid to the government. Smile, look at your husband and say, boy, honey, I'm so glad that I paid X to the government last year and got nothing for it. So you don't get anything for your taxes if you're doing okay. The tax money goes to buy stuff that has nothing to do with us, like really nice furniture for senators, some welfare programs and whatnot. And maybe once in a while, the bridges will get painted. And that's really what our money goes to. Oh, the state parks, isn't that pretty? Maybe if your husband realizes that he's going to have to work the first five months of every year for the rest of his life just to pay taxes, maybe that piece of education will get him on board. The bottom line is, I don't know anybody that gets excited about paying tax. I've never met anybody that's like, yay, thank you, sir, can I have another? Hey, Uncle Sam. Can I send you extra money this year? Because I think you guys have done a swimmingly job, amazing job. And I just think that the IRS code is amazing. I just can't wait to send you more money. Oh, isn't, it's just swimmingly. I'm sorry I had to use the word. I wanted to get the word out because I used it improperly a minute ago and I still probably screwed it up, but I like the word. I don't know why. Anyway, hopefully you you guys are laughing right now. You paid for this or maybe you didn't. Uh Aha. Anyway. For me, I'm fortunate. My wife is 1,000% on board with real estate investing, has been since day one. She's actually the reason why I quit my job from the government in the first place. She said, bring your stupid self home and get us financially free by buying real estate. Okay, exactly what I did. So, beautiful thing. I, but I, underst- I can understand, because a lot of people tell me, this is a popular question. I can't believe I haven't podcasted about this yet, but it's a popular question. One person's on board, the other person's not. So, to recap... Let's get down to the origin of why. There's a reason. We just have to discover it. And as a real estate investor, you're going to have to discover this anyway. you have to get good at understanding people's pain, understanding why people think a certain way. You're going to have to be able to do that. You don't have a, you don't have a choice as a real estate investor, so just get on board with doing it and start now. Good practice. Identify as the reason why, and then provide educational resources to get those answers fleshed out. And if real estate investing isn't the the flavor of the choice, do something. Invest in notes. Do something to get your money working for you. The bottom line here is it'd be unfortunate if you didn't choose real estate investing. But here's the thing, guys. I don't really give a two hoots about real estate. What I do care about is the checks that come in from real estate. At the end of the day, I'm not like all googly eyed over real estate. I don't like real estate, to be honest with you. I like making money. What I like is like, figuring out what to put in my new cabin and we're having a pond built at our new land. And is there going to be where I going to put fish in it and what kind of uh, uh, food plots am I going to put on my land for the, the wildlife up there? That's what I excites me. Real estate doesn't excite me. I'm just in it for the money. I'll be honest with you. That's, that's what I'm totally in it for. I'm not in there trying to change the world or anything like that. I'm just trying to make sure that I don't have to rely on the government to take care of me, which we know darn well they can't do in retirement. Because here's the thing, ask the husband this question: Do you feel that Social Security will get us over the finish line? Will we be able to retire? The answer is probably going to be no, because only a moron would think the government will take care of you. I hope your husband didn't say that, and I hope you don't. He's not a moron, but that's a whole other story. Then ask him this: Go on any financial planner chart and put in where you are now, how much you have in savings. And when you plan on retiring and see what it spits out, well, here's the good news, Mrs. Jones, that if you start putting $64,000.10 away every month for the next 30 years, you'll be able to retire and outpace inflation. You're like, what? What else can you use leverage to invest with? If you're trying to base your retirement on earning money now, And then having that money grow based on the stock market, the fee structure alone in the stock market is not going to allow that to happen. The fee structure in a mutual fund will not allow that to happen. Wall Street is in it for them, folks. They're not in it for you. Okay? Understand that. Wall Street is in it to make a profit. Ever notice the big fancy buildings, the gold watches, and how people get to work by helicopter? They are not there to help you retire. Stop thinking they are. Don't believe the lies. I have financial planners as students of mine, several of them. I have investors of mine that are financial planners, that are stockbrokers. Why? Because they themselves, being experts in the industry, do not believe in the own product that puts money in their pocket. Does that make them charlatans? No, it doesn't make them charlatans. It makes them realistic. It makes them smart. That they've figured out that stocks probably isn't, the, isn't the, the name of the game for them. Stocks are not going to get them financially free. Hey, if other people decide that stocks is the way to go, who am I to stop them? But I'm here to tell you, you're not going to get there via stocks. So it's really either stocks or real estate or something illegal, which isn't an option. So really, it comes down to, hubby, what's going to get us financially free? Because I'm not working until I'm 65. So that said... We need to replace my income in the next five years. How can we do that in stocks? The answer is you can't. Yeah, but I know a guy. Well, you're not a guy, the one guy. How about let's find something that has proof of concept that has made thousands of people financially free. The guy you're listening to is one of them. So how, hmm, if there was only a thing that I could invest in that has virtually no risk because I'm buying it and holding it for the long term. I'm using, leveraging other people's resources, the bank, investors, whatever, to buy it. And I'm getting other people, tenants, to pay all the bills for me. All my job, really is, is to cash the checks. I wonder if there was an investment that could do that. Mm. And if there's termites, I could call a termite guy. Or better yet, if there's any problems, I can just hire a property manager to do that. Oh, well that's all just a bunch of a bunch of trouble. That's a that's a lot of work. Not really. It's like diggling hello. Yeah, JD Mark's gonna help you. Hey dude, how you doing, man? How are my properties going? They're doing fantastic. Good. Check on its way. Yeah, actually, if you check your mailbox, it's probably already there. Outstanding. Have a great month. See you next month. That's pretty much the conversations I have. You see, I don't have to do any of the work because I've hired people to do it for me. And who pays for that? The tenants pay to have their own babysitting. Isn't that nice? That'd be like if you had kids. And when the kids are born, you're like, all right, Jimmy, time to get out of that crib, you lazy little bastard. Get to work because your babysitter is going to be expensive because I don't want to parent you for the rest of your life. So we're going to get you a babysitter in like 18 months. So you got 18 months to start making 5 to $10 an hour to pay your own babysitter. Imagine if you could do that. People are like, oh, I can't believe you just said that. What an insensitive bastard. I'm using it as an analogy. So relax. But just think if you could do that. That's really property management, real estate investing in a, nuts, in a nest egg, folks. It's like at birth, Putting boy, baking in another parent that will take care of it for you, that will actually pay for itself. Huh. If there was only an asset class that would do that. If there was only an investment that would take care of us, you see, the great American lie says that we're supposed to go to school, get a degree, get a good job that we usually hate. Not maybe sometimes we don't even hate the job. Sometimes we just hate the fact that we have to go to said job. Our kids get raised by Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Snapchat. Don't even get me started on SpongeBob. That raises our kids, right? Right. Our kids go out and wear their pants around their ankles like a bunch of idiots. They get tattoos on their faces and they put earrings in their nose and their ears and all these crazy things. They're doing all the dumb stuff that Facebook and all these social media outlets tells them to do. That's the great American dream today. And then when all that's said and done, you get to retire on less money than what you make now. Because nobody can seem to keep up with those fancy charts that all those financial planners put out, including the financial planners. They can't keep up with them. That's why financial planners, a lot of them invest in real estate because those charts, they realize they can't make that kind of money and a a good financial planner makes pretty good money. So think about that for a second. Is real estate investing really that much of a risk? Is it truly that much of a risk? I think you'll, you'll realize that by simply taking a little bit of action, getting focused on it, Buying one rental property at a time and never ever selling them. So you don't have to worry about the value unless you want to pull equity out. You just sit back and collect your money. How about I send you a check every month for the rest of your life? How about that? What if I sent Rachel's husband a check every month for the rest of his life? Would there be risk in that? The only risk would be that Tyler would get bored of sending Rachel's husband a check every month and stop sending the checks. Well, that's fine because I bet you. If he bought another property that I decided I wanted to rent, I would continue to send him checks, wouldn't I? Yeah, pretty much. That's how it works. That's real estate investing, guys. That's getting free in a nutshell. Those of you out there wholesaling, flipping houses, I'm just going to flip one more until I get enough money to buy a rental property. That's going to be the one that's going to financially train wreck you. Then when the market's down, when everybody else, like myself, will be out buying everything under the sun. You're going to be uh, basically hanging my sheetrock for me. Thanks for your donation. So don't be that guy or girl. Get Get some preliminary education. Get a good focus. Heck, join the mastermind. Get on my mastermind. We will get you your mindset fixed, get you pointed in the right direction, get you one step closer to financial freedom. If you're not going to invest in real estate, at least invest in a business. Start one, build one, buy one, invest in one. Do something to get your money working, but please stay out of Washington, D.C. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you found value in this week's episode. Uh, Rachel, I sure hope I, I hope I answered your question. I hope I gave you some good pointers to get your husband on board with, with real estate investing. I hope that he listens and realizes how important this is to you. I truly do. Um, if it's, it's obviously important to you because you took the time to come out and leave the comment on the Facebook group, and I appreciate you doing that. Uh, to him, sir, if you want to listen to this podcast, I, I'm going to go ahead and give you a shout out for taking the time to listen to this podcast, to invest the time to listen to what I have to say and hopefully take the action necessary to get financially free. Ladies and gentlemen, financial freedom is right around the corner. It all starts with the next property you purchase and hold. Just buy a property and hold it. If you don't know how, don't know what, don't know where, reach out. Okay, You can reach out through my website. You can go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. get on my calendar. We'll do a free 15-minute shout-out, figure out what we can do to get you point in the right direction, join the mastermind, subscribe to the YouTube channel, do something, take some action, let's get you free. That's what I'm going to wrap it for this week. I appreciate you coming out, and have a great week.
0: This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn.